What kind of exciting scenes do you foresee us having with that belief? None. The Sunday Skypers. Burning beards. Right. So, so you have the action statements like "I will search the tomb for tombs for war engines" and "I will ken the workings of the brewer's tomb lock." Since we haven't seen, no, well, okay. No, I, I think the action statement is fine. I, ju- I just like why. Always well, ask yourself why. Why is this important to my character? And, and mm. write the motivation down. So I will protect the princess realm by building a war engine to defeat the dragon. If you if you cap it there and don't have by researching a design for it, and, and like you remove that, uh, and then you add like uh, I will open the brewer's tomb, or or I will search the brewer's tomb for for plants. Or we talked about theorizing that there may be remnant uh, engines or something. Um, yeah, yeah. For war engines or yeah. war engine designs, one or the other. Yeah. So I'm not trying to be a, a, a no, 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 rules no, lawyer no. or anything here. I'm I'm trying to help you out to earn some uh, some some. Uh, the okay, I will open the uh, brewer's tomb. Is a nice little statement. Yeah. Instead of working on the lock. Yeah. Okay. Right. I will for my prince. <laughs> there not you go. For myself. It has nothing to do with me and being a brewer and liking beer. So those would be action statements for belief number three. So you take one of them and yeah. you stick it in belief number three, and that leaves belief number one and two open for you to write beliefs about, I suggest, another player, player dwarf. Okay. Uh, and something you can do long-term. Because now we have something that you want to do right away. You want to get to the the tomb and open it. If we have a belief about it, another uh, player dwarf, then you can mess mm-hmm. with them uh, and earn Arta. And and the long term belief could be well, you you ponder that. Don't just think like what would Wolfkill do. Like mm-hmm. obviously do that, but also think what would what would John enjoy in this particular situation. If you don't come up with anything in particular, you can you can write down. Um, Write a vague oh. one, and when situations develop, you can start like, oh, oh, this is what I care about. Or I can wait a second and listen to what the other people come up with beliefs and then sort of tailor yeah. beliefs to help them with their belief. Sure. Work your way and bottom up. I just rewrote all of mine because I wanted to just try to rethink these. I said, verb first. So, okay, we're back in, in action statement land. Uh, protect Slate from the Spider Prince and aid him in his quest for Glowstone. Train new scat, scat recruits and reduce the tension of the company. Explore the new tomb and learn the secrets. Cool. Why? Why, why, why? Why does this matter? Flint likes Slate, so not seeing Slate eaten is good. So, so how would how would he phrase that in his mind? Like, uh, is it Slate is important to me, or Slate is important to the company, or Slate is a valuable asset, or... Yes, uh, keep going, you're doing good. <laughs> Where's Flint on, on these uh, matches? That's what I'm interested in. Flint agrees with all of those. He agrees with all of Okay, which does he agree with most? <laughs> Crap. As a healer, he is essential to the company. There you go. That sounds like a, like the first, this is what I believe, and therefore I'm going to do blah. That is the belief, the underpinning belief, right? And then you add, I, w- I would suggest that you add an action statement such as, Protect Slate from the spider thing, Prince, mm-hmm. Wizard. Let's move on up the list to Fandral. Okay, so we need knowledge and power to fight the dragon. I must find the location of the Blackstone Brewer's tomb slash vault. Okay, cool. 
Uh, Ulfkill can't open the Brewer's Tomb Vault on his own. I'm going to help trigger the opening mechanism. Okay, this is a, a belief uh, for sure. I must make Scoria safe for the dwarves. I will find the Singing Witch and see if she can be dealt with. Uh, here we have an example of, of uh, like, this is what I want to do right now this session. That's find the location of the Blackstone Brewer's Tomb Vault. And then we have an example of a belief about a different character dwarf, right? Ulfkill can't open the Brewer's Tomb Vault on his own. Therefore, blah. Uh, and then we have a, a longer-term belief, like that somewhere in the future, it's not right now, but somewhere in the future, which is, you know, find the singing witch and see if she can be dealt with, right? So these are good examples of different, the diff- three different types that I was suggesting to to, uh, to John just now. Good, good, good. Everything looks good. Let's hop on over to Slate. And nothing has changed, I assume? Nope. Okay, nope. support the pursuit for equilibrium, regardless of who gets in the way. And equilibrium was peace we established last time right not really just evenness do you mean in the sense of like D true neutral evenness how, how can we be clear about that so i know when to award you i guess peace works is it peace or is it balance of power or is it um, he just wants balance between good and evil all right which isn't technically peace so i thought equilibrium worked quite well how do you see that springing out of the present situation that that Slate is in? Like, where does that belief come from, do you think? The belief comes from he just wants all of this to stop. If there's going to be casualties on any side, regardless of whether it's spider, elf, dwarf, whatever, he's going to get in the way. Okay. That includes, other than Flint, maybe going against the rest of the party. How how about we take that statement, like, uh, I just want all of this madness to stop like that that could be a, the first like statement it seems okay. to be what you're what you're saying maybe you mean fighting maybe you mean violence maybe you mean the tension may you, you can be specific here i would prefer if you're specific actually okay chaos cool 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 that is a good belief we'll see we'll see if uh what you what you can do to stop that i guess this is uh this is your like fate mine technically so this is more like a okay this is what i believe I guess that works. I just want all of this chaos to stop, so I will support the pursuit for equilibrium regardless of who gets in the way. If somebody starts stir, start stirring up trouble and you get in their way or you stop them, like that would be art that worthy. Or if you work toward either reconciling factions or stopping war or getting rid of somebody who is uh, warmongering or something or chaos mongering, I guess. That, that would work. Such as it is. I want to edit the second belief, but I can't just yet. So right now it says I will put my trust in Flint and only Flint. And the action is keep Flint healthy and safe no matter what the cost. Uh, And the third belief is uh, about finding glowstone deposits for the spider. At at this point, it's not only the glowstone deposits. It's kind of like to to bring the spiders and the dwarves together. And the glowstone is kind of part of that. Because he does want to find it, but he wants to find it not just to avoid being lunch now. Maybe this is actually an action statement under, I just want all this chaos to stop. Uh, I just want all this chaos to stop, period. I will achieve a glowstone as a stepping stone to eventual peace. I think that's a great belief and statement, right? That's fine. It's, it's clear. It's straightforward. This is what you want, right? This is um, what he want, want, wants. Like, this is the ultimate thing right now. All right. So dwarves have discovered a way to the, the tomb that was promised. <laughs> And there's a stream going right past this place, and it's heading down, isn't it? There's a little streak of pee 
worth of a stream yeah. with the lessening water flow going down into the larger kind of descending twisting cave and spider webbing and such and then there's of course the the other like uh, little side tunnels that go out to the underway and other places i think you you have recently discovered i think you you're you're back trying to like organize what you're going to do you've left the the overlook the the uh, master Over- brewers overlook you have all of your dwarves there, except, of course, for your brewers who are busy doing their thing. Your your unfirth, you have your frumi, uh, you have your your slate. What was the plan? Tomb first, or camp first and get beer, or split? What what's the deal? I want to get to that tomb so I can actually start working on figuring out if it is a lock. I'm about the only person who can figure it out. We probably do need to have some idea of what we're up against. And because I do have a, I do have a greed problem with Nog, I probably should be the last person to go after and get the Nog. Which means you're the right person to send to get the Nog, narratively speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Who can we trust? The brewer, of course. He handles beer all the time. The slowest, dumbest, uh, greediest. <laughs> <laughs> Considering the time, let's dispense with the whole, like, oh, let's plan what to do. And uh, stick you simply on the path. You are descending this uh, kind of large-ish kind of cave tunnel. Here and there, there are remnant webbings. And uh, there are black smears from, like, spider goo and dirt. The stream is just, like I said, like a streak of pee, essentially. It's not much anymore. Wet glittering on the stones. And you have your unfirth, you have your frumi, and you guys. Unless, of course, uh, you're free to, Ophkill, of course, to have said, hey, you, brewer, come with me if you want to. Like, you can you can have any any number of the brewers you uh, station. Nah, so. nah, I'd rather leave them, behind, leave them there and do their work. So you're descending. You've just come to a uh, fork. There's a larger kind of cave that levels out, and there's a smaller kind of twisting tunnel going the other way, going kind of underway-ish in direction, but then, of course, it twists downward. The stream kind of splits and goes two ways, or the remains of the stream. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a little, like, stagnant pool of stinking spider goo water in the just in at the fork, Uh, and then there's a tiny little stream that kind of essentially ends uh, in the larger tunnel cave, and then it continues to trickle down the smaller one because saying that, that it was a brewer's cave and you know a brewer's tomb we go the the flatten the flattened level one the bigger one i think we should look at the dwarven heads and see which way they're looking you have not seen any dwarven heads yet i point down the the, the larger tunnels it if i was a brewer i wouldn't want to walk too far to uh, walk down twisty <laughs> channels and i'm a brewer so i don't want to walk down twisty channels i'm a brewer <laughs> therefore i'm an authority on this <laughs> Good as a, as a coin toss, and I'll move up to the front and start looking for our clues. How are you looking for clues, and what is your intent? Well, to find those dwarven heads, obviously. Cool. I would imagine that they would be at head height for a dwarf. Uh, maybe a little higher. Eh, a little higher. So looking down on you. Only a brewer would think that. <laughs> so your your intent is to find some sort of sign of, of dwarven stonework? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, uh, you can help with Weiss's. You can help stats with Weiss's, if I remember correctly. Discovering, I mean, it could either be just straight perception, finding any kind of like observable crafted section, or you could also just do, use tunnel wise 
I guess it would be the better choice. Like tunnel-wise would be, ignore the perception thing. Tunnel-wise test for sure. To, and this would be exactly like maybe Ulfkill's argument as you're testing tunnel-wise. Like, oh, a brewer would never go down there. It's not a sound tunnel for brewing. Especially if there's a lot of visitors and if the tomb's used a lot for more than one brewer. I happen to have a B4 in tunneling, so I'm not shabby at, at tunnel-wise. Tunneling? Yeah. You have tunneling? Tunnel-wise. Okay. Sorry. I, can I was give you tunneling a as in the verb of tunnel. Well, I can give you a die. I got it at three. So <laughs> if someone is learning tunnel-wise, can they help narratively? No. Well, narratively, I mean, you can always describe your character going about and peering about, but you're not going to be part of the test. But would it they help they could test, that? though, and then the rest of you could help tunnel-wise. I would rather succeed than... <laughs> <laughs> you succeed, uh, you're going to find what you're looking for, uh, or some traces. Uh, if you don't succeed, random encounter time! Yay! Yay! <laughs> I'm going to say it's an ob 2. Discover well, anything. that was a piece of cake. Well, what do you know? All right. It's like my best role in weeks, months, <laughs> years. Oh, well. possible. <laughs> I get to record a routine as well. Yes, you do. do. I help? Then I popped because I got three Yay. routine and one challenge. Okay, smartass. Does that mean you actually <laughs> was right and they were higher up? <laughs> yes. So following Ulfkill's fierce assertions, you peer into the larger, planar tunnel. Soon enough, you discover these stones that have been cut and laid out in the grit and gravel of the quote-unquote flooring of the cave tunnel. All of them have these uh, a border with the uh, runes, faded, kind of scuffed-up runes. They're obviously like a kind of like a patio path, you know, leading further into the tunnel along what used to be this stream. Maybe. A few minutes of walking along these, you know, stepping stones, essentially. You discover the first dwarf head, uh, which seems to have been defaced. Uh, essentially, a dwarf face, beard, nose, all that. Well, it had a nose. Uh, somebody has hacked its uh, stone eyes out, uh, defaced the nose. There's a plate, kind of a stone plate or, or, you know, stone flat underneath the face. And it used to have a bunch of runes on it, but it's been crisscrossed with, like, somebody took a pick at it. Maybe 15 feet uh, down the way, there's another stone head, and it's been similarly, like, defaced. Yes, someone didn't like their brew. Remember, there was more than one brewery down here. Okay, Beermeister. This ancient brewer that we're looking for, which clan did he belong to? Blackstone. So you think this might have been a disgruntled opal dwarf? Could be. We lead on. Mm -hmm. All right. Doesn't take very long, and uh, more of these defaced heads show up. Uh, these steps lead to a small stair uh, up to a little platform. The tunnel goes on, but in in the wall, again, fifteen feet away from the last dwarf head, defaced dwarf head, there's a little like uh, like I said, a, a raised area, naturally raised, and then they they've added like stone steps. There is a door, or rather, when I say door, I mean there is a kind of this. Um, Back way into Scoria looking flat space that clearly have some some inlay of a different stone. It's very much like the door you, you came across. Almost identical, in fact, as the door you came across in uh, outer Scoria ages ago. But this one does not glow. It isn't alive. It isn't it doesn't talk to you. <laughs> it doesn't give off any sheen. There's a little like landing or platform right in front of it, and it's it's big enough that all of you dwarves can stand there. 
uh, and, you know, observe the door. No markings around it or on it. Right. So on it, you have, you see that you can trace like the, the different minerals. Like clearly there's some different, a different type of stone that's meant to be the glowing part. And it's making a kind of almost elfin glowing, not glowing, uh, uh, flowing pattern. At first, you think it's elf, and then you realize, oh, it's probably like flowing as in the stream or, or beer or nog or something, making a border. I... There's, uh, I want to say, almost like a totemic, very basic, primitive-ish looking inset in the center of the door. Like it might be a crest or something, but you haven't seen it before that you, at least that you can remember without testing anything. Let's see if we can figure out what this crest is. All right. Well, if it's with the brewing, could I use my beer wise? For figuring out a crest? No. Uh, Studied ancient history. Ancient, ancient <laughs> history would, uh, would be appropriate. Clan history would also maybe work. In that case, uh, Flint will definitely throw down with the clan history. Uh, Slate, do you have anything like that? I think I'm opening clan history, but I don't, I don't have it. I'm a little obscured text wise, but it's not really text. Yeah, that would be a different test if you wanted to figure out some runes or, or uh, reference to runes or reference to texts. Yeah, yeah. no, I think it's totally ancient history test. Go for it, Fandral, and anybody with clan history can help. Helping. I think the obstacle is four. No, I think, I think it's a three. And the reason is it's a brewer. Um, so uh, it's kind of, if it weren't a brewer, it would be harder. Uh, I think, given the culture. We're simple folk. You're famous, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, and if you succeed, obviously, you'll you'll get the information you want. And if you don't, something might happen. Success. I'll give you a little extra information if you pop that six and you get an extra success. Nope. Nope. All right. Two successes, though, technically. Well, you pass the obstacle and then you you get an extra. Um, Let's be weird and do it the Dungeon World way. I'm going to tell you what it is and you can tell me how you learned it. This is a magmic era in the the howling deeps of dwarf prehistory. There were uh, certain kind of totemic images and, and concepts that the dwarves had. This one in particular is uh, a kind of totemic ancestral image representing a reveler. This, you remember, is you know that this type of uh, adherence to like the old, old, old dwarven stuff uh, was part and parcel of a certain offshoot of uh, black stones. And uh, you think their most revered ancestor was somebody named Wastig? like Tostig, but with a W, he uh, was kind of famed for being like embodying this totemic thing. He was the reveler. He he uh, didn't just make the beer. He drunk it all to excess, which is possibly how he died. So where did you pick this up? Well, I've always had an interest back in the ancient dwarven days and the founding of, of our culture. And uh, certainly when I was younger, I had a great interest in revelry, so <laughs> probably hung out with some people who were devotees. Ah, I see. Very cool. So, so when you were saying young in dwarf terms, like when you were a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. What element of this is do you bring up, Flint? What element of clan history do you do you bring in? On this here totem, you see that wheel? This guy was a traveler. And he moved, besides moving beer, he 
carried lore and stories with him, which is why he's known throughout dwarven society, because everyone claims that he visited here or he slept here or he uh, drank to excess here. Uh, I like it. So we're saying that beer doesn't just open doors. It open do- opens doors to words, right? To stories. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So so he was famous for getting people drunk and bringing stories, traveling and getting people drunk. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, is, this would literally be his final resting place. All right, cool. So you have found the tomb of Wastig uh, of the Blackstone. So, oh, Kel, if we if this takes Nog to open, how would that work? This crest, does it stick out a little bit? Nope. It's just, it's basically a flat uh, surface, and then there seems to be somehow a, a different kind of mineral that isn't glowing or anything, part of the, the flat, right? It's just like, like it was smelted in there somehow, or like this it somehow grew that way or was shaped that way. So it looks like it's flowing there's a border that makes a kind of door shape that that marks the kind of there's a a flat area and then on the flat area there's a a a door border that's kind Mm -hmm. of has these flowing stream or or um beer streams or something and then we have the totemic including a wheel thing uh in the middle but it's hard to make out at first and certainly you need to like bring in the the lanterns and, and look very closely to make out exactly which which elements do, uh, represent what? Because uh, it's it lo- it looks dead. Like compared to the door you you came across in Outer Scoria, Aye. that was glowing. That was you know this bluish greenish alive thing. This is just out like a like a light. Like kills up there, following those flowing lines, running a finger along them. He stops for a second, sticks out his tongue, and licks one of the lines. It's very smooth, like uh, licking glass. No flavor, no taste or anything? Maybe dust? Stone dust? Your tongue comes away a little grayer? <laughs> well, they didn't put the nog on the line, on the on the veins here. If they did that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, would you still be able to taste it? I <laughs> am skeptical. Break door, open door, <laughs> lick door. <laughs> <laughs> and the door itself is just the crest? No more, no other lines on it, or...? Nope, not that you can see. The wall around the door? The wall around the door is the kind of natural cavern, and it's this uh, vaulting cave tunnel. How, how tall is it? One dwarf, two dwarfs? Uh, six. Six dwarfs, okay. At the very... Okay, we can't see the top very well. You can see the top, no problem. You're dwarves. You you see perfectly well down here, no problem. And you have lanterns, so it's... So, but the viewer wouldn't necessarily see the ceiling. Is it a uh, arch door or is it a square door? Picture is somewhat like the the door into Moria and Lord of the Rings, that kind of shape. Yeah, there's like about six different versions of that door, and <laughs> he never described how it was shaped from the movies. Yeah, sure, let's go with the movies. <laughs> oh, it is arched. Okay, so it is an arch door. Well, that's right. He drew a picture of it in the book. Duh. So it's arched. So at the peak of the arch, is there anything? Special there? Oh, it's it's where there's a kind of maybe keystone uh, symbol and where the kind of beer flows from, but there's nothing special yeah. about it, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's 12 feet up. Dwarfs maybe two dwarves tall. It's not oh, as okay. tall as the entire, like, it's not like ah. walked up to the doom gates or something. I look around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see the unspoken question, and I put my hand and uh, hands together and form a stirrup for him to step up. All right. Someone get the other foot. He isn't a lightweight. 
discuss tipping your shoulders afterwards. <laughs> I'll climb on their shoulders and take a closer look at that keystone. Uh, what I mean with a keystone is that it's it's like kind of symbol like you would have at the top of an arch, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but um, it's sort of a special shape. So I'm looking at it. Do I ken anything about it? Actually, what it is is that wheel shape from the totem in a smaller form. And it's doing a kind of thing where it's both revolving because of the beer or the flow of the the mm. streams that it's that it's keeping moving and it's on fire, obviously. But it, streams are flowing in both directions. Yep. I'll signal to get down and I come down. While you're up there. I Touch a torch or something to it. Touch my torch to it. Whoosh. The torch makes a flaring kind of thing. And it takes on a weird... It changes color briefly. Like it uh, goes through red to yellow, green, blue, and then back to normal. And uh, the door just lights up like the door in in, um, Scoria. There's a little rumble. Let me down. Yeah. Let me down. Let me down. (laughs) Threw me in an unfurth kind of like step away a little bit, like just a half step. Last color blue was the color of alcohol burning, wasn't it? There is under the rumble. There's a there's the rumble of something else, like a voice, like a. What do you guys do? Don't look at me. I got Slate, lucky on the first Slate, one. How Slate reacting to all this madness? <laughs> Just watching because he knows exactly what to do, even if he's not entirely sure how to do it. Oh, he's full uh, of himself. I see. Yeah. No, I mean, he knows what to do, but like he's not an Og master, so. And Slate's going to just, uh, you know, point to the doors like, you need to feed it. Or rather, let it drink something. It wants an Og. So give it some. I look at the prince. You said uh, someone in, in the mercenaries had some nog. Scully had some, so we'll have to see where that went when he died. The, if we just stand here for a while, does it glow goes away and it sort of stops, or does it? It's lit, right? It's uh, it's uh, bright. It doesn't stop glowing, uh, but it does. The rumble re- reduces, and the murmuring kind of thing uh, goes away. But it's still glowing. When uh, I killed Sled, did he have any nog on him? Did I take that? You didn't kill Sled, technically. I mean, you caused his death, but fair enough. He might have had like a tiny little bit of that stopgap <laughs> beer <laughs> that Ulfkill, uh, uh Well, I'm going to chuck the flask at Ulfkill. I take a sniff. Ooh. No, this is not something for a proper brewer. I tell it back. Don't give it to me. I don't want it. It's oh, a stone door. It just may be parched. I wave it under. I wave it under Flint's nose. No, this is not proper no, beer. No, that's, that's not proper. Yeah, we have to approach this with the appropriate brew, not just any skunky brew. I. And I made this, so I know it's skunky. Uh, Sleet, by the way, you notice that now that Fandral is in the glow of this door, he has uh, that he has a pendant that he picked up in the in the Goodheart Hold uh, that he's not you know showing to anybody, but uh, you can see faintly through the mail links that it too is glowing, as if almost as if it's like answering the door. That thing, that pendant, is glowstone, one hundred percent that panel yeah. is. I'm going to shake shake Flint's shoulder. I Look around his neck. I kind of lean in close to Fandral, grab the beard and lift it up. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You dare touch 
Tamara's <laughs> beard? <laughs> I dare much. I just poke him on the chest. What is that there, Brewer? I look over. You got a glowy bit under your mail, my liege. Oh, wait. No, now I'm confused. Was it Vandral's beard or... Dang it. Which, which beard? Vandral. 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 Oh, I, I, damn it. See, I, my level of respect would not have... Dang it. <laughs> Did we get a mulligan on that, or am I just in deep? Did I say the wrong name, or... or... Nope. I, I don't think fact, the name was said. And in fact, Todd said... Uh, Fandral too. Did I? I yes. Yeah, you did. Well, I was thinking Oofkill <laughs> when I said Fandral, so... Oh, what the hell? <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know, it's been said, it's been done. Hopefully I'm lo- oddly likable. Yeah, Unforth is looking at you like, what are you doing? He doesn't say it, but he's like, no, when he when Flint like, grabs my beard, I'm going to slap his hand and go, what the hell is your problem? <laughs> You're glowing. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, 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 that pendant we found, it's glowing in response. Perhaps they're made of the same material. I don't know if you've made that, that connection personally uh, there, Ulfkel. Um, uh, just a little slate thing. I mean, if slate can see it, Ulfkel should be able to see it. Oh, you can see that there now that it's been pointed out. You can see that there's something that is yeah, glowing. There is male. Far from be it me to say so, my liege, but maybe take it out and wangle and wave it around a bit. Who knows? Maybe it needs to. Maybe that's the key. Pulls it out and brings it closer to the door and see if any change in the uh, glowiness. When you bring it closer to the door, it starts to glow a little brighter. Um, not the door, but the pendant. Right, this the the glowstone square with the runes on it, and there's a kind of a reverberation from the door. There's no speaking, but it's more like the rumble of mountains shifting. I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't, I don't want to make a test out of this. It's it. The impression you all get is that there's some sort of communication, like there's there's uh, mm. like the the door or something is acknowledging the pendant. But it's more like a nod. It's not like, that was the key. I'm opening. It's more like, I see you. Announce yourself. Let the door know you're a friend. I don't think we're getting farther without the nod, though. I think Slate's going to approach the door. Okay. Is this the Goodheart crest? No. It's the crest of of Wastig. It's an old, 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 old kind of almost, like I said, totemic symbol from dwarven prehistory that it didn't belong to anyone in particular but Wostig embodied it. Yeah, you don't you don't get the 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 impression that you have a key, but it's something, uh it's something else is going on, yeah. Yeah. It's like recognition or or there's a there's a synergy or some sort of uh interaction going on. They're both connected back to the old days. Yes. You may uh make the conclusion that, you know, you are you're dealing with old old powers here. If if these things are quote unquote talking, then there's a very real possibility that whatever is inside of this tomb harks to that time. Already been, yes, I'm assuming. Sure. <laughs> we got to go get some nog. As we head back, is there any of the the runes or anything that are still legible on the walls around? 
No, no, not on the walls. Uh, well, maybe one rune here or one rune there, but individually they're not, can't make out any. Well, you did say there were, there were runes uh, bordering the, the stone, the, the pavers. Right, but uh, these we're talking about the wall plates, I'm assuming? Uh, uh, wherever there are runes, I'm looking. All right, okay, okay, okay. There is a border, like I said, on the floor stones, and most of them are, are have been scuffed and, and smoothed by generations. But you may recognize a few runes. Like you don't have to test to realize this, but they're like well wishings, essentially, or or parts of well wishings, or uh, toasts, or something. Yeah, toast, cheers. <laughs> yes, yes. Seems appropriate. Like you're going the right way. Cheers. <laughs> Not much farther now. <laughs> Everyone is in agreement, or or they're they're going along with the prince. We're leaving to get beer. I sure. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Shame about the the heads. Who who could have done it? Says uh, Frumi. And he's like, I think he's like sidling up to Flint, uh, just striking up a conversation as you guys are leaving this uh, tunnel. I'm going to get close. I want to hear this conversation. Sure. If I were to hazard a guess. Since Blackstone and Opal were feuding for quite a while, it probably was someone from the Opal clan. You think that's normally how brewers behave? Look at Ufkel. <laughs> <laughs> they can be a wee bit chaotic. I haven't seen him fighting with any other brewers. I mean, from other clans. You haven't seen him back home, have you? Well, there was that rumor about him stealing some nog. That's just a rumor, right? Rolls my eyes. If you want to leave it there, yes. It's only one die trait. <laughs> <laughs> he mutters something like Gothar save us all, and then um, he lets Indeed. it go. Uh, I think we'll do a, a spinning axis cut to yeah. camp. Stepping into camp. Doing what you want to do. Getting that beer. I assume you want to go for... Actually, I'll stay behind in the bur- in, at the brewery. I, I have things I can do here while they're looking for the nog, because... Uh, they're they're going to be need to talk to pe- people to give up the nog, and you know I do have that rep- one di- reputation of, of stealing nog, so I best I'm not there. Uh you do have that, but uh, yeah. again, Ulfkill is not a reasonable individual, mm. as we have discovered. Uh, it's up to you. Uh, I'm just saying you have both obsessed and impulsiveness. But yeah, I think obsession is going to take over, and cause we're going to work. On, I'm going to come back and at least start, if not managing, at least over overseeing what's going on. My, my gentle touch has not been felt sure. by these by these folks for a while. At least a day. <laughs> Remember <All right>. me. <laughs> a quick question: You're not going to take the opportunity to help Flint uh, recruit some people. So I have two. You, two, you, two you, boring it's your, it's yeah. It's your uh, choice what you want to prioritize. So. Actually, no. I think I will help Flint. All right. I'll take that back. But else, I will see if I can snatch a keg when we're in the brewery. I mean, there's nothing left in the brewery, so it would have to be uh, something yes. that your apprentices brought for their own benefit, right? Yeah. Yes, a small keg. You say, yeah, you know, there's a lot of parched throats. Uh, we're not going to have a scene about that, but they're not terribly happy about you bringing it, but they're also not going to complain. Frank yeah. does have privileges. We see you all uh, popping into camp. Yeah. Where do you go first? Who would have been connected to Schooly and This is a conversation you could have had with uh with Flint as yeah. as you went as you came here. So uh, you would know that either or both of the new contenders for leader of Roar's comp Roar's for, formerly Roar's company, Mel or or Jorig might have something. And uh, uh you already know that uh Jorig uh, offered you some a little bit of nog previously in in a previous episode, two episodes ago, as a kind of uh he maybe buttering you up or something so we know that he has some 
And Ovekill knows that he has some because there was that uh, there was that scout slash axe bearer that was making eyes at you and like you know we, you know yeah come on come on here later Ovekill and we'll we'll split that thing or something. Um, Let's talk to Jorg. Do you arrive in full force <laughs> all at once or? I'm staying wherever Flint is. So I want to find out what the rest of these people know. And Flint seems to be doing a lot of talking. That's I'm right. just gonna listen. Elbow to elbow, then the prince, <laughs> then Flint, then Slate. Well, so. Ovekill, and I guess. Yeah, and Ovekill. He can roll along if he wants. With his pony cake under the under his arm. Uh, I'll lend my intimidating presence as the axe man. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so uh, uh, we see you uh, striding into Jorik's camp. Jorik is talking with uh, somebody you think is uh, fairly sure that he's uh, somebody from Mel's camp, uh, like a low, maybe a sergeant or something. They're shaking hands and slapping each other's shoulders, and, and then Jorig sees you guys, and he's like, Oh, I'm a prince. Sorry I didn't see you show up there. What can I do for you now? Well, Jorig, our investigations and uh, investigating some of the old secrets of, of Scoria to try to get some tools to help us fight this dragon. And we need some nog to open a, an old brewer's, you know, they had these old uh, quirky uh, vaults. Uh, we need some nog to be able to open a door. I see. I remember sharing some with Scully, so there should be some that is nobody's at the moment. Yeah, he sort of begins to s- scratch his face a bit. Well, that's fortunate about Scully. Uh, he was a good man. Uh, yes, he was. It's good you have a brew- brewer, a nogger, in fact, and he points to Ovekel. I'm sure he can uh, oblige you, my liege. Yes, I'm sure he will, but time is of the essence. We need the nog now. We can't wait. If somebody would contribute nog that they have to this task, they would be first in line to get any uh, nog brewed by Ufkel's Brewery. <laughs> I. It's lucky that your underling has the instinct to always follow orders to the letter. Otherwise, that might be like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> you can see him stroke his beard a moment. Uh, and meanwhile, while he's considering that, and I'm going to have you, I'm going to have you test persuasion. Meanwhile, Flint, the sergeant he was slapping shoulders with, as the prince strikes up the conversation with, with Jorig, the sergeant, do you think maybe it's his name is Unlaf? You're, you're not sure it's exactly. He has this kind of sly look. He looks you guys over and then he turns to leave. And you can see a glint of something in his hand. Like maybe Jorig just gave him something like a big dwarf coin or something. Well, he I'll just get, like you he you recognize the look of somebody who's about to slink away and do something. I, I, I'll just give him a quick little nudge with my elbow. Don't spend it all in one place. Yeah, he gives you a little grin and he nods and then he starts making his way over to Mel's camp. And you can see as as he's leaving the camp, he nods to one of uh, uh, Jorig's sergeants as if there's some like understanding between them. Well, he knows that I know. I d- he doesn't know that I know- I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> I know nothing. But he doesn't know that. <laughs> he doesn't know that I don't know anything. <laughs> but he thinks you know something. That's that's what I'm trying to infer. <laughs> so if he needs to talk to someone, he might actually talk to me. Right. Uh, anyway, he he's leaving and the prince is going ahead with the persuasion here. <laughs> I'm just saying here, Flint, if you want to peel off 
and investigate what the hell is going on, you're free to, or you can stay and help the prince. I'm going to put a pin in that, because I want to focus on the task at hand, which Mm -hmm. is opening the door. Right. So as much as I would like to help bring these two opposing lieutenants together, and it looks like it might even be happening behind the scenes. Just to be clear, you don't get the impression that there is something happy going on, or there's something like, we're coming to an understanding. It's rather like, this is not like Mel and Jorig having a conversation and, and Jorig paying Mel off to like stop pursuing leadership. This is Mel having some sort of conspiratorial thing going on with one mm-hmm. of Mel's underlings. Just so we're clear about what's happening, right? You mean Jorig? Yeah, Jorig is having some sort of uh, conspiratorial thing with Mel's underlings. I, Mel's I've, I've already put my hand in for Jorig over Mel. Mm-hmm. So if this ends up sabotaging Mel and leaves Jorig as the predominant lieutenant and replacement for Roar, I'm okay with that. All right. So okay. I, it's it's my my little conspiracy nudge for the Jorig camp, which is okay. why I'm not stopping him and not slinking off. Do you want to rewrite your belief a little maybe? There's too much I, tension in camp. I'll make sure everyone works together. Well, yeah, the working together part looks like uh, that's not happening. <laughs> so my not belief, right now. But yeah, my, I mean, my belief is taking a hit, yes. I'm just saying, like, maybe you don't believe that, if or is this still something you believe, but but it's just that you're, you're going to focus on the, the door now, the tomb. I, since I, I, I really can't go off and uh, interrogate Olaf, I don't know if... They're working in spite of Mel or working against Mel. You don't get the impression that this is like, I mean, this is shady. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you, yeah. you get the sense that this is shady. Uh, uh, I definitely got the sense of shadiness. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, th- if, if your instinct is to like, no, we're on this path, like that's, that's maybe like uh, what you're going to do. You see that something shady is going on. You can see in slow motion how something is is coming together. Something is happening between these two camps. I do not want to leave this door task undone. Mm. Yeah, so cool. My instinct is to stay uh, with the prince and back him up as the intimidating axe man, arms crossed and looking stern, losing the whole oddly likable chuckle thing, and get Jorig to uh, cough up the nog now for nog later. So uh, for Fandral, uh, obstacle is four plus one advantage die for uh, having a juicy offer. And Can anyone I, who wants to help? Well, I, I pop the cork and start offering to pour beer for folks. So, course persuasion. What is your intent, Ulfkel? Lubricate things. Uh, so you want to pour drinks for everyone who is involved in the in the talking right here, right now? Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. If you like, oh, here, here, have a taste and then, you know, do that whole thing. Then, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, you can yeah, help, yeah, course yeah. persuasion. And so that is one die. And slate. Can I uh, also help with the course persuasion? Do you have course persuasion? Yeah, it's the only persuasion I've got. <laughs> the more solo stuff is beyond us. Sure. Uh, what what does slate do? I guess he could work on passing things out. Old kills pouring. I'm going like, okay, here's your mug. Here's your mug. Here's right. your mug. And encouragement or. Because it, it has to be a little, like, back-slappy and, and winky and... Yeah, sure, I'll slap some backs. 
So you can give a, a die to um, uh, Fandral as well, and this is a challenging test. You already have a challenging test there, so you don't you don't have to worry about that. Did I hear a flint helping, or, or are you kind I of? I was off? helping in the stoic, conspicuous, intimidating Axeman stance. If the prince is offering the velvet glove, I'm the mailed fist. You have a skill for that. Well, it's called intimidation. In this case, I, I just want to. Just Not so we're clear, you're, you're lubricating Jorig. You have been lubricating Jorig, just so we remember from previous sessions, to mm-hmm. see you as, a, as, a, as an ally and liaison. Right. But now you're saying you want to intimidate him? What I want to say is, I am the prince's axe man. Mm-hmm. And while everyone else can be intimidating and joyful, I want to be in the corner of his eye, letting him know that the prince does take priority and... What we've been working towards is him getting closer to the prince, so I'm watching him. It's less about I'm the authority of the prince uh, and you will do what I say, and more about, hey, look, I'm here, I'm right next to the prince, here's your opportunity. Is it more that? Yes, uh, it's like, I, I can't say, you know, how often has the prince come to see you? And now he's here with me. Right, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I so, can see an argument for, for conspicuous if, if that's your, that, your angle. That, that's my angle. <laughs> uh, I, I want to be the not chuffing, backslapping, joyous type. I, I, I want him to realize the prince's request is serious, even if we are being sociable. Right, about okay, this. so you're, you're, you're the conspicuous straight man to the... Yes, the, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, you'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like in this circle... You are the conspiratorial dwarf, <laughs> right? So Jorik has left well, one conspiracy to for another, right? You, you could look at it that way, or just total carrot and stick. Everyone else is dishing out carrots, and I'm there's the stick. All right, so one die from conspicuous for for uh, you, and ob four is a difficult test, so you can mark that. So Fandral, you got it. Sounds like uh, three helping dice, one advantage dice, so four extra dice. And the obstacle is four. And you succeed, he's going to hand it over. If you don't, he's going to add some, hand something over. No problem. Cool. So I think he, with the combined, you know, merriment of drinking and promises, and then, you know, at the edge of things, we see Flint standing there, and maybe arms crossed, you know, looking at uh, Jorig meaningfully. He starts to sort of, well, yeah, I suppose, suppose I could part with this little thing hold on and and then he starts rooting through a mixed bag of kegs from the the stopgap beer and proper beer and he fishes out this little keg that you remember the black keg he uh hands it over with both hands as if it's like a sacred act to uh the prince and he says uh i hope it will please the stone let's hope so too and i'm your aid will be remembered and I, I guess I wanted to make sure when I look at this keg that it isn't an opal brewery keg. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you see any 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 particular marks on it. It doesn't have the Blackstone sigil. Might be an unmarked um, limited edition, or or it might be from an unnamed somebody in Marl. Could be Marl, yeah. Still, it's Nog. I mean, it's proper Nog. Thank you, Doreg. We should hurry back. Hopefully we'll come back with aid in fighting the dragon. Nods and inclines his head as if, you know, yeah, yeah, yes, deference. It's a very strong and potent smell there, by the way, Ulfkill. It's very, very hard not to kind of 
At least take mm-hmm. a sip. Yeah, I take the keg and I hand it to Unfirth to keep. <laughs> <laughs> I nod my head. I that's that's for all that's all for the good. Yeah, he lied. <laughs> I look at Unfirth. How heavy is it? Well, it's all right. It's it's half a bit. Mm, at least three quarters full. That should be enough to, I guess, splash on the door or whatever we're supposed to do. Um, we are. Fifteen minutes away from Ari's early exit. Is there uh, anything Slate would be interested in doing in camp? Or well, Slate would like to check on Dog. Let, let's do that now, actually. While the others uh, kind of like, okay, we'll go open the door, open the tomb, and um, maybe you hear the yapping, and you're like, oh, hold on, or, or you know, I'll be, I'll be there, right? Yeah, I'll be there later. Yeah. You peel off and. Uh, go back to the infirmary section of uh, of the camp. Dog uh, happily, you know, pads up to you, uh, gives you that kind of dog tackle of a way too large puppy. Very, 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 very happy to see you. I'm very happy to see him. After the initial, like, you've had your cuddle, but now I have to check on a few things. Uh, and you take a look around. You notice that um, it's kind of unusually quiet in the in this section of camp like normally like you have dwarves groaning and grumbling and complaining about things or you have um, stone bones administering quote-unquote bedside manner to dwarves who are complaining or it's not a hullabaloo normally but uh, it's it's more busy than now you look to um, one corner and you see bruna on a cot she appears to be completely out of it. You may remember that maybe, what was it, like three, four days ago? She had a, her little quote-unquote playtime with Dog. She hobbled off to the infirmary and you asked, I think you asked uh, Stomos to like keep her calm or maybe maybe give her something to keep her calm. Yes, I did. Yeah. In an effort to make her keep quiet about the possible glowstone conspiracy thing you had going with Flint. Yep. And when you see her now, like, it's like somebody has given her way too much of whatever sedative the dwarves use. Like it's probably some uh, herbs and swallowed down with beer. She has like drool dripping out of the corner of her mouth. She looks uh, pale as a sheet, dark rings under her eyes. One arm is off the cot. Uh, like she looks really terrible. Yeah. Okay. I'm marching over to Stonebones. So Stonebones is sitting on uh, a like makeshift trivet, looking over his various chirurgeon tools. He has this leather bag that he can fold out, and there are all these like tools kind of like uh, in, in the little you know, leather pockets. And he's looking in them over, and he's, he has this very intense kind of look that you haven't seen from him. Uh, I'm going to really slam ever. my hands down in front of him to try and get his attention. He looks up. He doesn't say anything. He meets your your gaze. I told you to calm her down, not leave her catatonic. There's a there's a moment of like uh, almost like uh, no recognition, and then his face softens, and it's almost like he's coming out of a a daze or a dream. And he blinks and he looks up to you uh, at you and says, "Oh, Slate, I didn't see you come in." And then he looks down at his you know tools, like, "Oh, what was I doing?" Oh, What's obviously, I was cleaning you? my tools. Like that—that's the thing that's going on. You can see it going on in his head. Like I'm confused. What was I doing? Oh, oh, I must be have been cleaning my tools. All right, I'm gonna have to deal with this. She's gonna be interesting because he's my superior. <laughs> and you may remember, like you know, that he is not Stonebones. He is, but the the famous coward who fathered Bruna. So 
he's her father. Yeah. And he would have gone along with like, oh, sedate her a little so she doesn't hurt herself. That would have been fine. Yeah, but yeah. someone did something else to her. Who else has been with Bruna? Do you remember? What are you saying? Has someone Look been with Bruna? Her. And he stands up like like you just insulted her honor or something. Look <laughs> at her. And he gets this really look of panic and surprise on his face. He rushes over to her and uh, grabs her wrist and, and checks her forehead. And, and he starts mumbling. It's like, Bruna, child, can you hear me? And she, he starts to slap her face. And, and uh, he starts ordering you to get this thing and that thing. Like, get the whatever you use to charcoal to the tongue down and the charcoal and get this thing and that thing. <laughs> well, yeah, he's going to get it. He's probably come up with this idea, too. So you like, what happened? What have you done? I didn't do anything. I wasn't here. Maybe a flash of confusion, and then it's like, well, well just don't, don't just stand there. Help me. I'm trying to. Why don't you test chirurgery, or whatever it's called? <laughs> if you want to help him, you know, revive Bruna from this. I do. I may not like her much, but she's still she's still a person. It's an ob four, you know, to stabilize her, essentially. It seems that, you know, she's clearly been given too much, and she's poisoned in some way. Wait, have I had a long enough rest to recover from my freaking head? Oh, no. Well, you've recovered one die, uh, but not both. Uh, if you succeed, con- great. Uh, you're going to help uh, bring her back. If not, there will be some permanent consequences, right? She won't die, but she won't be the same. And uh, you're, I mean, you're helping him, but fictionally, but I want you to test. So you're getting two helping dice from um, Stone Bones. So you meet the obstacle and you have a six. Not that it matters. So you do it. Uh, together, just barely manage to bring her about. Uh, she doesn't like regain consciousness per se. Like she kind of goes into a, a kind of like in and out state where but she coughs up, she vomits, she does a bunch of unpleasant things. And then she goes back into a kind of deep sleep in part because of the, the herbs you're giving her. And Stonebones is sitting there holding her hand and, and holding her forehead and wiping away her matted hair uh, from her face and um, clearly very, very concerned. He looks at you uh, and, I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. I need to find out who poisoned her. I, I, yeah, I, I can't find the words right now for some reason, but, uh, you know, he he is in agreement, right, most vehemently. There's probably something about, you know, uh, ripping their intestines out if he finds them. I can't. I guess maybe we leave Slate there, the knowledge that you have at least saved a life uh, or saved saved Bruna from from a fate worse than death, maybe. And uh, maybe there's something not quite right about Stone Bones. Yeah, I'm thinking about that. All right, uh, I need to go. Okay. Uh, do you stop at all at the brewery on the way back, or do we cut straight to the uh, tomb? If anything, is just to drop off the keg with left of it. <laughs> right. You only brought it to lubricate the the situation. Gotcha. We see you sh- uh, approaching the door again. You're still glowing? Yeah. In fact, like now when you approach it, it it's uh, it's almost pulsing a little. Like it's more alive than it were when you lit it. And I'm looking at that wheel and going, that may be where I need to put the nog. I think you pour it at the top so it flows along, right? Aye. But first, I think when we do this, we also need to say a toast. Aye. So I'll remember one from our from my uh, days of reveling with uh, Wastig's uh, devotees. <laughs> <laughs> Toast first, then we... Um... Timing is everything, so... 
unhook my my mug and pour a dram. Then I uh, realize I have to climb up, so I'll hand it to somebody to hand it to me once I get up and on Flint's shoulders again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Unfurt is standing there with his footman's axe on the dram, like weirdest thing. <laughs> Hail Lostig. He spread the glory of Nog to all the dwarves. Now we share this drink in his honor. All right. Pour a bit on the wheel. Not all of it. And then I, what's left, I knock back. <laughs> <laughs> we all have to toast. But you're the only one with a cup. <laughs> I think the rest of us would have would have our, our tankards out toasting at the same time. All right. right. Cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool pours down it's weird it's almost like magnetism or something but the uh nog not adheres but it's like it sticks to the mineral shapes Mm -hmm. and pour slowly pours down looking around i the nog must flow (laughs) where it it slows down over the the glowing uh mineral uh, bits it starts to shimmer the mineral starts to shimmer the pulsing intensifies not pulsing, it's more like a shimmer now. The rumble comes again, the kind of a mountain shifting. This underlying voice, like... <laughs> it rises up until the, the rumble goes down and the voice comes. And you hear uh, all of you, this kind of loud booming... What is this second-rate nog, son of Bjorregin, my hairy haunches? How close to the door? I mean, do, do you like pour it and then do you jump down and like in reverence, or are you still standing on? Are you still? No, I, I climb down, standing in front of it. Forgive us! It's all we had. The nogs of old have, have, are long gone. This was the best we could muster. <laughs> out of the glow, out of the shimmer. I think actually, like it's like the dram you poured extends mm-hmm. and it becomes. It starts reaching out. Mm-hmm. And it starts to shape itself into a dwarf. And uh, it's this solid, like, picture a cross between, like, Brian Blessed and Immortan Joe. Like, this big, like, fluffy <laughs> hair, a big bushy beard, solid build, a bit of a crazy look. And he speaks at a shout all the time. Yeah. Sort of, uh, yeah. When I say he looks this way, uh, I, uh, he has this kind of like, uh, you know, the ghost soldiers or wraiths from, from the Return of the King in the movie. Like, kind of like he's kind of there, but kind of not there. Part solid, part see-through. It's like <laughs> looking at him through water or something, through Nog or water, right? I think Unferth swears and, and threw me, like, just standing there with his jaw open. The shape, uh, presumably Wastig, <laughs> says, who pours this? Second-rate drink. I do. I am Ufkel. Ufkel, son of Mugger, a former apprentice to Paul of Marl. I, brewer of new brewer of Scoria, doth pour the the nog. (laughs) (laughs) He squints at you for a moment, and then he lets off a belly laugh. Like, but it's an uncomfortable belly laugh. Like, you're not supposed to belly laugh in that situation. Like, it's just awkward, right? And then he's like. Maul has no real brewers. You cannot possibly be a brewer or a nogger or anyone of worth. Who else? And he starts pointing to the rest of you like, who else comes before my tomb? Oh, I tug my beard and I just step right in front of him, hands on hips. I am a be- I am a brewer. I am a nogger. Put a hand on uh, Gelda, kind of kind of calm down there. I am Prince Fandral, the rightful heir to the throne of Scoria. 
<laughs> Bigger belly laugh. <laughs> yes, he lets loose a belly laugh. Like, like again, like what are you doing? Like this is just creepy. Uh, and then he's like, "Ha, throne of Scoria, privy of Regolith, more like princeling. Who else comes before my door?" Flynn crosses his arms. If you don't like the nog, teach him how to make a better one. <laughs> he does lose another bell up. He's like, who is this twig standing before my door? He is barely a child. I bet he couldn't even drink a dram. Flint Goddam of <laughs> moral. You just smother forth Flint Goddam. <laughs> <laughs> well, striplings. If you had any of the true hospitality of Wastig, you would invite us in for a drink. <laughs> Aye! And I bet you're buried with the kegs of, of your worthy brew. Aye, you are right. And I, I were. I was. I always got those confused. But what makes you striplings think you are worthy of my brews? We have faced goblins. We have faced... A dragon. And we still have to take care of that damn dragon. And if you have anything in there that led us to destroy the dragon that has destroyed, has taken over Scoria, ye best give it to us. <laughs> That's another belly laugh. There's a break. There's a pause. Like he's like something clicked. He becomes sort of still and he looks you over. Then he returned to his boisterousness and he says, if there be a dragon, you must show not just it, but us. All of us, and he extends his arm, sort of like suggesting all of the mountain. Your true metal. And if you do, then maybe we will see fit to reward you the means by which you may face this worm. If worm it is and not a worm. And then he, he makes a little motion with his pinky. Like mm, yeah, a yeah, worm yeah. and not a worm, right? Whosoever gets drunk faster than I shall enter my tomb. I hold our out. Hand me the nog. Oh, drunken tests all around. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it's like from out of the door, this like nog glowy thing like extends, and it makes these uh, kind of. It looks sort of like crystalline cups, but it's clearly like it's not crystal when you touch it. It's like it's mm -hmm. some it's something kind of else. Wet, but it's not. It's like solid. <sighs> Fluid or something, right? It's and ghost then, nog, okay? <laughs> it's ghost nog, yeah. In literal terms, it's the spirit of nog. <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks all of you over and he says, I shall be first to drain. And then he, you know, there's this like enormously oversized cup that he holds in a fist with this big, like, I don't know, you could fit a dw two dwarf heads inside of the, the <laughs> cup or something. Oh, an Oktoberfest mug, okay, yeah. And it's not a stein, it's like, it's like a goblet with a, oh, with a foot that's right we are drinking yeah. nog <laughs> <laughs> and he's holding the 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 i don't know what you call it the the leg stem so yeah uh you're gonna have to outdo this thing this spirit this wastig this kind of looks like a no-win situation <laughs> no 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 here hold my beer <laughs> <laughs> And I grab the proffered uh, crystalline mug and quaff. I guess we have a versus drunken test on our on our hands. Yes, and I'm learning it. What we're going to do then, 
is um, since you're learning it, decide if you want to spend Arta and beforehand. Mm -hmm. I'm going to roll for for this guy. You're going to roll afterwards, but you're going to have to decide what to spend before I roll. It's just so you know the obstacle, right? For Actually, you know what? Just just roll against an obstacle of like one and we'll adjust the obstacle. Okay. According to what I roll. That's easier. Do I want to spend a persona on this? Most I can spend is three, correct? Yes. Then I spend three. It really matters. <laughs> Calling me not a brewer. <laughs> you could tap greed, maybe. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'd make a greed roll first, though, right? No. Nope. nope. Uh, it counts toward advancing greed. Depends on how many points you want to tap. You can tap up to your total level of greed. That'd be a difficult task or less if you want to stay under a routine. What you can do here is you can spend one persona to tap your greed. And you mm -hmm. can add any number of dice equal to your greed. Now, that counts, like uh, Dirk said, it counts as a test equal to the dice you add for greed. So you have to record okay. a test of that level. I mean, you, you're attempting to get into his uh, beer and nog reserves, so this is totally legit greed. <laughs> greed is five. You know, in for a penny, in for a pound. Five. Record a difficult... On my greed test, persona would that go against greed? I think that would go against your skill, which which is learning. So it'd go against your fort. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's my will. It's one of those you could be will or fort. One, Arthur. You could still spend another two legally. You're going against the legend here. I'm the the god of uh, drinking here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going. I'm going against Bacchus and Dionysus rolled into one. It's a dwarven version, which means it's like yep. bang. So you have four successes. That's awful. And I have no sixes. In oh that. wow, that's a terrible roll. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if this functions. Okay, we tie. No, you don't. Unfortunately, four successes. But his double because you're learning. Yeah, oh. that's true. Eight for him, right? You certainly get drunk. But you don't get as roaringly crazy drunk as Swastig. As uh, in fact, you begin to feel a little queasy. You don't, like, spew or anything. But you start to feel like, oh, you gotta sit down. Mm. You get bad drunk very fast. I think the spirit's not willing. So he's laughing uproariously at you, splashing <laughs> ghost nog at you. Can I step up then? Uh, yes, you, 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 obviously you can, but I of go. course, uh, of course he has to, you know, roar, mediocre. <laughs> I go, my liege, my liege, my liege, I'm sorry, I, I tried, but I couldn't do it. Well, let a prince try. <laughs> Don't do as much of this as I did back in the, my youth. <laughs> I soften him up, my liege. This is when the prince takes off his, his mail and he has all these like beer tats. <laughs> This is like the dwarf version of the sword and the stone. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> the prince steps up. Start getting prepared, Flint, because uh, you may have to step in too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm obviously going to have to tap greed to be able to have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have drunking either? No. <laughs> We're all serious dwarves here, you know. It would be unseemly to keep going after my teens. <laughs> so, man, to have a chance to go with a full greed as well. It could be a rare opportunity for you to roll really well. I mean, it does happen once every five years. <laughs> I'll throw in in persona. Maybe I'll get some sixes or something. Ooh, that's better. Ooh. 
And I do have three sixes. Hold off. Hold yeah. off to them. So he has yes! two sixes. Drunking, if you have the skill, is open-ended by default. You old ancient bastard. <laughs> uh, two. So he gets one more. So five successes. Uh, you have enough. But it could be interesting to see how much faster. <laughs> so if you spend a fade point, which is totally cool, it will go to your fort. Sure. You can you can open those sixes if you want to. Just to, like it'll be fun to see how far above, like how much faster <laughs> you get roaring drunk. I got two more Keep rolling. That's my liege. A true dwarf among so, dwarves. This is probably the first and maybe only time we've seen Fandral absolutely balls out, hammered, roaring drunk. What does that look like? <laughs> There's a lot of singing, I think, of of uh, old dwarven songs. There's a lot of Gothar. Uh, Gothar, are they body songs or or? Well, sure, sure. There are some of the songs that are the normal verses aren't, but then like you keep going. And you get into the the more body verses. <laughs> you know, most people don't sing those when they're normally singing them, but. <laughs> of course, right, right. You keep going. <laughs> and of course, I can see, you know, both him and Wastig singing together some of the older verses. Yeah, there's some of the, the songs that I sang with the revelers that would have come down from, from Wastig. <laughs> That's right. Like, this beer was made by Wastig or something is the song. And like, oh, he he joins in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You suitably impress the Nog spirit. Uh, Having gone through the whole quote-unquote show, uh, he embraces you as a brother dwarf and slaps your back and uh, giggles at your jokes. Uh, With his arm around you, he points points with his whole uh, hand at the door and says... Be welcome, Prince Vandral, in my... T- and he's about to say tomb, and then like, <clears throat> hall! <laughs> um, and the door lights up, uh, and it does that thing that the older door uh, back in Scoria did, where, where there's a... Suddenly, there's a seam you didn't see that just lights up in the middle, and it splits open and retreats into the mountain. It splits open, retreats to the sides, doesn't like back off into the mountain. We see, maybe from the perspective of the dwarves, this, like, golden shimmer. It's like, you know, when they open the suitcase in any number of movies, but especially Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and everybody's, like, looking and look impressed. And I think we should probably save the big reveal for next <laughs> There's an Ennio Morricone uh, cover that's called The Ecstasy of Nog that's playing. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll close the cr- suddenly, like, boom, black screen, and everybody's like, no! <laughs> I, I think humorous if uh flint couldn't walk inside because he's sober that was another like possibility that i would might have entertained the notion that like you could always go you could only go in there if you're drunk <laughs> but i think proving yourselves is much more uh, mm-hmm. in line with like the heroic I, sure. even if you're heroically drunk <laughs> well hello <Okay>. drunking <laughs> that's what you do mm. so let's let's hop on over to arta let's quickly do slate I will retrieve glowstone, stepping stone, and eventual peace. Didn't happen. Put my trust in Flint. Keep Flint healthy. Didn't really come into play. Uh, intrigued by learning our past. Unfortunately, Ari had to leave before we got here, so didn't really get to realize that. I think, unfortunately, that's it. If Ari had stayed, it would have been another matter entirely. I do think he played secretive. I'm going to give Slate a fate for that. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And we're going to be done with Slate. Hop on over to Fandral. Find location of Blackstone Brewers Tomb Vault. I think you did that, but maybe it was on me to not. I, I kind of made it a little simple. That's my bad. So it wasn't necessarily your belief that was in in uh, poorly written. More like I wasn't. I was like, oh well, uh, time. We better just get to the <laughs> get mm-hmm. to the the tomb. I want to award you a fate just for having a, a belief that's on point anyway. It just wasn't your fault. So take a fate for that. Ulfkill can't open the brewer's tomb vault on its own. Secure Nog to help trigger the opening. You did that, Persona. In uh, fact, I couldn't open it on my own. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you secure the Nog needed to open the mechanism. Uh, I must make square safe for the dwarves. Uh, okay, we didn't do the singing witch thing. I don't know if beating the mythic Nog Brewer at his own game is good or bad for the family prestige. In my view for dwarves, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So be it. So be it. Mm -hmm. I agree. I I would actually agree. (laughs) Yeah. That was heroic drinking. (laughs) I mean, I can imagine it at the end where Walstig says, I'm good. And the Princess, no, another round. Yes. <laughs> we got three more verses to get through. Drink up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not seeing any particular of your character traits that I think you really played up or, or brought, brought the story in a new direction. But you tell me if you think I'm missing something. Probably nothing that is. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not seeing any particular like, uh, oh, yeah, you were totally calculating there. And that's why we came to this. Bob. No, he lives beard down and got in and got drunk. Now we know the prince is not above getting down and funky. How all heroes should be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if his fiance knew that, she would lighten up a little bit. <laughs> I, I think it's funny. I, I know I should go over Flint's belief, but I think it's very funny. Combining last time's like Ulfkel's quote-unquote Ulfkel's ravings about, you know, <laughs> the prince knows everything. He never sleeps. He also beats beer gods in drinking contests. <laughs> this is what the Chronicle will say, you know. There's just too many witnesses. <laughs> and then dwarves in the future will be like, oh, they were giants. <laughs> okay, so as a healer, uh, Flint is essential to the company, protects late from the spider print. Okay, you, you, we didn't really get to the... I. I tempted you maybe a little i was like oh hey look there's glowstone thing there vandal's wearing it just you know you remember that right yeah yeah i went for dutiful and aggressive rather than duplicitous for sure for sure wasn't really a much of an opportunity either for for other and other adventures you kind of went pat you decided to support your prince uh and explore the tomb Instead of uh, figuring out what's going on in camp, you did explore the tomb. Uh, well, you are exploring the tomb now. You got it open. You learned a secret, so I'm gonna I'm gonna award you a, a persona for that. Yay! And you didn't test anything. And I don't know. Do you guys feel like there was enough conflict in Flint himself, and not just from my side, to award a mold breaker for passing up the um, the dwarf tension belief? I don't know if there was like a lot of inner turmoil or conflict or like, hmm, I nearly need to do this, but the prince needs my help. I don't know if there was a lot of that. From my perspective, I was leaning on my instincts. Mm. There's the, there was a task that needed to be done, and I, I did not want the distraction. 
in I think in order to play Moldbreaker and get it, I think you have to kind of play up the conflict true, a little true. bit at least. I think I think you were going like, nope, nope, there's no real conflict here. Uh, this is my number one priority. I, I can see something shady is going on. I'm not going to deal with that now. I, I wanted to keep my uh, brand in the fire, but yeah. not pull it out. I think that that uh, should earn you definitely some. Uh, Trait, uh, trait Arta. I'm going to hop on over to a different tab in your sheet. Yeah, I, I do think. I mean, that certainly played up dutiful. So take a fate for that. Uh, I should award you a fate for never leave a task undone as well. So that you certainly played to that. I'll take that. As I think that in connection with like uh, exploring the tomb was what you know drove you to ignore. De- definitely not ignored. Just, just set that. You know, one trouble well, at a time. Put a pin in it, as you said. Okay, yeah. put a pin in it. I'm sure it won't exacerbate in your absence. Of course not. <laughs> now, what's, what's the worst that can happen? Come back in the camp some fire? <laughs> Let's hop on over to Ufkel. Ufkel. Final dwarf to be shaved. Hopefully not. We didn't get an opportunity. Re- well, okay, you didn't take the opportunity to attempt to recruit some people or get, or assign or deal with the arguments over who gets who who gets where I, in the. I in slightly. The- disagree with that all right because of his lubrication with jurig because that's the camp i'm backing and i saw that as getting in good with jurig and the prince and kind of merging their forces together i see what you mean i see what you mean but the action is i will help him recruit new scouts with my charisma and beer Uh, yeah the the scout part didn't happen but the, but the the lubrication certainly did I, I can maybe see an argument for lubricating uh, Jorig to the point where he might be more. Uh, you could point to him and say, "Hey, I'm I'm in good with the boss man. You can you can you know trust me and come work for this other guy." I might. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fate. We. Oh, thank you. Predictably, you. the independent breweries didn't happen yeah. now, and open the brewery tomb for my prince. You certainly tried. You yes. certainly tried. So you get a fate for trying. Nothing for my special belief. I did taste. Yes, you did. But I don't know if it pushed the store in any new direction, per se. No. I mean, you could. I, I did tempt you there. Yeah, you could have just had a taste of that nog that you got from uh, Jorig. I did. It's right there. You smelled it. He snuck one in after the activation, which was a wise tongue. <laughs> Do you was see I any have... particular character traits that you think you played up that I'm not seeing? Other than, well, I don't know if impulsiveness would count for me just stepping forward and said, yeah, I'm going to drink you, drink you on the ground first. Yeah, okay. I'll yeah. I'd see that. No. Um... Yeah, stepping in front of the prince, like, oh, no, I'm important here. I'm the brewer. <laughs> <laughs> and then find my place. Oh, it's not but where I thought it was. <laughs> if you were telling the epic tale of Prince Frandall, though, Mm-hmm. The failure before the success is actually good storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> and Ofkel, the legendary brewer, could not beat him, but the prince could. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see a particular, like, in-character humor moment, but not that I remember anyway. I think maybe we're good, um, unless somebody would make an argument for embodiment. Or right skill, right time. But the only skill we would need was drunking. Uh, uh, to be honest, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his, his arrogance and indignation uh, in, in front of Wastig, I thought that was 100% off-kill. So I, I would consider that embodying. 
Can you think it was uh, uh, equivalent to great speeches, desperate decisions, and gruesome revenge? Given that I... Okay, see, this is part of in-character, out-of-character. Given that we all knew that he was only learning drunking, and we knew he was going to fail, and he did it anyway, yeah. That was so oof, Cal. I'm going to lose horribly at this. I'm throwing all my Arthur into it. And he still did it. And, and the player too. captures the mood of the table perfectly and further drives the story onwards. Maybe. Maybe. I'm getting really stingy with these points in my old age. You yeah, can, yeah. but I, I, I will be a fan of Ufkel because this was so Ufkel a moment. Because not only was you know this great ancestor you know in in front of him uh, in spirit uh, at least in spirit you know <laughs> when, when the spirit insulted him he stood right up to that because <laughs> and then he did his little spiel about you know where he came from and did not back down so to me it's somewhere between arrogance and bravery probably more <laughs> arrogance but I thought yeah. that was so skill. So I'm, I'm. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna. I, in hindsight, I think I want to award Bodyman and Bodyman to both Ulfkel and the Prince because the way you take, the way you work together, not explicitly, <laughs> but kind of work together to make the scene with opening the tomb. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the toast and the, mm-hmm. the yeah, challenge. The whole, yeah. yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, that's a good point. So one more persona each for you. And then we're down to workhorse. Mm. So uh, helpers or having a piece of gear or having a piece of a certain skill to get the others through danger. Mm. Slaving away back. I would like to give that to Slate because even though we as characters didn't know what was going on back at camp, saving Bruna is a real important thing for Flint's storyline. Because it's important to me, therefore I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, well, well, no, no, no. Seriously, because it also opens it's, up. It's a... going to ch- it's going to change the way Flint thinks and acts once he finds out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm I'd love to give Slade a uh, workhorse. Uh, all right. Well, well, he did help. I agree. Yep. A couple of times, yeah. And okay. that uh, that thing, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. So let's give him. I'll give him. Um, Persona. That's and a fate point from earlier. And then maybe the three of you can decide. Maybe it might be hard for the three of you to decide who would get the MVP. I mean, it's very even, I think, this session. Like, nobody really stood out, right? Mm. Well, yeah. honestly, I was in helper mode this time around, which yeah. is okay, because I would have horribly failed that drunk. I was being role. facetious. <laughs> if you don't vote oh. uh, Fandral... Uh, oh. I will be very disappointed. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Fandral's, okay. yeah, he's stepping Mist- up. We're... Mr. Facetiousness. Yes, it's yeah, a Fandral yeah. thing. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I was a little too straight. I should have been giggling. I don't know. Yeah. So here's this a question. Like, Did he accomplish a goal bigger than he was by out drinking a god? Did you do something that would transform the setting but doesn't directly benefit you or your friends? I think uh, getting rid of a dragon would be more deedsworthy or um, yeah. you know, helping yeah. somebody at a complete detriment to your own beliefs and goals. That mm-hmm. would be deeds. That kind of thing. Yeah. Sorry, it's gonna I hurt. tried. It's going to really hurt. And <laughs> maybe it'll hurt tomorrow, this hangover <laughs> thing, but... <laughs> Good stuff. That, yeah. Again, I, I keep hoping that I keep imagining that we're going to be able to like have 
a solid session and get uh, deeply, more deeply into things. But it's always like, oh, okay, well, uh, moving along, but no. (laughs) We're making progress. Yeah, I don't want to rush it either. I'm just like, I I keep imagining that more is going to happen in a session. But I also think I keep forgetting how much page page flipping and and, um, uh, such stuff we do. All right. Thank you guys for playing. Uh, I got it. Thank you. Excellent session. Thank you, one and all. Thank you. Have a great one. I have laundry to do. Bye-bye. Every one of you guys are annoying. You're all needy. And I don't even know why I'm staying in this relationship with a bunch of you needy little animals. No scene. Shut up. Uh, Roar is dead, buddy. He's dead, Jim. He's very dead. You killed him. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite uh, NPC. (laughs) Is the prince muted? Do we still have a prince? Did I hide? Asleep, waiting waiting for us to stop talking. (laughs) I mean, that is a possibility. (laughs) He finished his homework early, and then (laughs) just "Ah, I'm gonna have a nap. If you want to contact us, we have a Facebook page. We started the Google Plus community. There's our forums, sundayskypers.freeforums.org. There's email, sundayskypers at zoho.com. That's sundayskypers, all one word, at zoho.com. And, of course, there's always telepathy.